Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Check out the great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre owned inventory. And not only that, you get the buying process from the comfort of your own home. Great sales staff. They have a lot of great deals. Interest rates are fabulous right now. And on top of that, a fabulous service department that takes care of the life of the vehicle. All at Sunbury Motors, the best in the business. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 on Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day. We turn the clock back to 1980. Out at first, Carew at second, Trio at third. Two out. And he drives it to deep right. Back goes Murphy, away back. And there it is, the first grand slam in all-star history. And it belonged to Fred Lynn of the then California Angels. Fred Lynn with the first ever all-star game Grand Slam on this date in 1983. Fred Lynn was one of those really, during his time, when he was healthy, had all the makings of what you thought could be a Hall of Fame player, but injuries derailed all of that in his career. Fabulous player in his day and time. All right. Now let's get to... Some Penn State football news. Uh, Rich Scarcella of the Reading Eagle joins us fresh off the golf course where today he fired a 200 par 70. Rich, welcome. Great to have you with us. Yeah, if only. Yeah, th- but thanks, thanks for having me, Steve. Glad to be here. No, don't, do not take away. I gave you the intro. Just accept it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was a good day. It was a, it was a good day. It, it wasn't in the seventies, but it was a good day. So, Rich, uh, uh, Sandy Barber uh, had a chance mm-hmm. to talk with the media yesterday. What were your primary takes out of that? Well, I, I want to say this first. Sandy was very thorough, and I think she offered us um, the media answered as many questions as she possibly can. Um, Nobody knows what exactly is going to happen, but there are some takeaways. The biggest one to me is, uh, A, that Penn State not only is, uh, you know, had, had a, tested 102 athletes and, and none of them tested positive, but also that Penn State is going to release that information every two weeks, and I, I think that's a very good thing. Um, the other thing is that... Uh, Unfortunately for some members of the athletic department, they're going to probably see their pay cut because of the, um, you know, what, what, their, what Penn State athletics is facing when it comes to lack, uh, uh, lack of revenue, decreased revenue. Um, football-wise, we've known this for a long time, and I know you have, Steve. There won't be capacity crowds at Beaver Stadium this fall. 
Uh, her goal, obviously, is to make everything as safe as possible, not only for her af- for the for the Penn State athletes, for the Penn State coaches, staff, but also for any fans who might be attending football games, soccer games, whatever. Uh, I think she made that perfectly clear, and if the conditions are not right for that, she they're not going to play. And I thought uh, I thought she handled that really well, uh, it, and I think it was as specific as she could be about it. Now, have you uh, ever had to write about a situation where there was so much uncertainty about it? No, no, I can't. I mean, I I don't recall anything like this uh, in my professional career or even in my lifetime, um, and and I think that pro- I probably sound like anybody else that any of your friends or family, uh, it's, it's just, it's very hard. Um, you know, I wrote a column to go with the news story and, and I just laid it out and, you know, there are doubts about whether there'll be a football season and people think, okay, I got an email. Somebody said, you think there shouldn't be a football season? No, I don't. I want a football season. I hope there is one, but there's not going to be one unless it's very safe. At least one at Penn state because Sandy made that very clear yesterday. Obviously, there will not be fans in the stands in Toronto, Edmonton, Orlando, or the Major League Baseball ballparks. Mm-hmm. Do you think that because they'll be starting, at least the, the at least the schedule says that Major League Baseball is starting the 23rd, 24th, the NBA and the NHL on the 31st of this month, does college football's path to potential success uh, happen because of what happens with on the pro level can the pro level give people the confidence it can be pulled off it, it can steve but the pros don't have one factor that the colleges yeah. have yeah the students on campus students on campus and that can change everything once the students arrive whether it's at penn state i was just with some folks from one of our small colleges down here they're in the same boat and their goal isn't to have games, but it is, it's to make the environments safe, the campus safe for the incoming students because they do not want to have remote learning. And I, and I think Penn State President Eric Barron made that very clear, too. They really don't want to do that again. And I, so it's, I think it's a little bit of comparing apples and oranges, but I, I hear what you're saying um, for the actual, like, putting a game together. But I think with, you know, 35, 40,000 students on campus uh, that you know pro teams don't have to deal with that and right. what and and the spread of it and, and the possible spread of of the coronavirus so it's 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 i think that's the biggest factor of all is is are, are the students on campus obviously this will be a classroom setting but they asked me how i wanted to teach my class and it meets once a week yep and i told them that i wanted to meet in person but here's the bottom line. I said, if there's anybody not comfortable coming in, if there's anybody that feels like they're coming down with something, that I'm going to have my laptop there open the entire time. I want to have a Zoom option to have them in on the class, and they don't physically have to be there if they're not comfortable. I mean, that's. I mean, you want to give people as many options as possible. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think, and and I, I want to say that's one thing I didn't mention, but I know you know that Sandy did mention that. Um, any athlete at Penn State that is reluctant to return to campus because of COVID, uh, 
Penn State is going to honor their scholarships regardless. And I, I think that was also a very nice gesture and, 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 and the right move. Um, but, yeah, I think there are all kinds of concerns. I mean, my kids are in, you know, they're in their 30s. So they're done with college. But if I were a parent of a college student mm-hmm. uh, returning to school, I'd have trepidation. I'm not saying I wouldn't send them, but they're, you know, you would really have to talk and say, look, you know, really be careful. You got to, you know, do the things necessary to to protect yourself and to prevent the spread of the virus. Um, so what you're doing, you know, giving giving students that option, I think, is a good thing. Um, but I just, yeah, it's 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 going to be. It, it's all it's new to all of us it's going to be tricky for all of us in any walk of life and um it has been tricky yeah. and um you know there aren't any cut and dried answers they're not i mean nobody's ever had to deal with this before uh but yeah i, I can see students wanting you know if if, if they if they t- return to campus and they see well you know what i don't really like what i'm seeing i i think they should at least be given the option of having uh, accessing the classes remotely. Right. And I, th- I think that would be, the, the for me, that's the best way to go about it. That's how I'd like to do it. I think they're going to let me do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go, because to me, this is all about comfort. I was saying earlier that one of the keys to the pros starting is that, you know, Ian Desmond, Mike Leake, Ryan Zimmerman, Ross have said, okay, you know, we're not going to play. Avery Bradley says we're not going to play because they all have good reasons. So nobody's going to get criticized for it. I said, but the key to me for them is LeBron James says he will play. Sidney Crosby says he will play. Ovechkin says he'll play. Aaron Judge says he'll play. I figured I'd go with one of your guys. Yeah. Aaron, <laughs> okay. If the Stars are saying they're going to play, Avery Bradley's a reason you win. LeBron James is a reason you watch. And yeah. I, oh, if you're talking about the pros, yeah, I, the pros. I, yeah, I think they're in a different spot than the colleges. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm looking forward, you know, to to watching NBA games throughout the day in a few weeks. I mean, I think that'll be fun. That'll be fun as a fan. I mean, and you know, you hope, you know, that they contain um, the spread of the virus down there in Orlando, and and and. You know, you they're taking great measures to do so, uh, but as a fan, yeah, I mean, I I know what you're saying it's going to be interesting to see, not only in baseball, but how many more athletes are going to opt out for good, and they have their reasons, and and no one should criticize those reasons. No, but you're right. If if some of the stars decide, hey, you know what, I'm not going to do this. That'll be interesting to see how the public reacts. Well, I think also how the league reacts. If Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not going to play for Green Bay, this, you know, it's uh, suddenly it's like, I think it suddenly it is one of those like shots to the gut for, mm-hmm. for people. And so far, the stars have all opted in. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Steve, let me ask you what, what do you think the chances are of there being a college football season this fall? I'm guessing like everybody else. Com- okay. Complete guess. So I'm just throwing my dart in the wind. I think I think there'll be a college football season this fall. Okay. And it, and it might start later. Possibly. Well, if if we go by what science says, mm-hmm. doesn't science say that that outdoors and warmer is better? 
outdoors is definitely better. And, and outdoors and warmer might be better. Well, if outdoors and warmer is better, then I don't think I want to start later. Okay. You see what I'm, see what I'm going at here? Yeah. One, what, what I was getting at was starting later. Do you, like, I don't know this, but I know Sandy mentioned yesterday some Penn State games and other sports have already been canceled because of the other schools. And the, the people I was with today, I, I, I spoke to today, they were saying the same thing, that, that they've already lost games. And I was just wondering, like, that's what I meant by starting later. I didn't mean right, you know, putting everything back. You know what I'm like? Having fewer games is what I'm getting at. Right, uh, maybe, but as she said, nobody in footballs said that to them. I, True. Believe, I believe she said that. That's why. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I said that. Um, yeah, other sports, the you have to sit down. I think, and I haven't taken a ch- opportunity yet to look at schedules yeah. for the fall as to who would be traveling a distance to get here. So I haven't even looked at that yet. You know, is it a women's volleyball matchup? Is it a soccer matchup? I mean, I haven't looked at the schedules to know who was supposed to be traveling here from distance. Yeah. Uh, but since she said nobody in football has said that yet, then I would say on time. Okay. You know, and again, I'm guessing like everybody else. It's just yeah. Well, the one, one I'm, you know, the one that, that has been mentioned is San Jose San State. San Jose State, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that there's some uncertainty there because of the conference which of which they're a member um you know like well that's 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 because of the state they're they're part of the state university system of california right right, yeah which i think affects the mountain west (laughs) where they're looking around saying whoa we got three teams we got san diego state fresno state and san jose state all the way whoa 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 you know so uh, that's that's where they so that I think it's the state of uh, state of California system. Yeah, I real I really hope there's a season. I think it'd be good for the public. I think it'd be you know, um, you know, to try to you know, but but obviously every everything hinges on keeping everybody safe and healthy. And no question, and that that's paramount to all of this. That's all that matters is the safe safety and health of everybody. Uh, uh, I know that the Reading Fight and Phils will be a part of the mix uh, next year. Mm-hmm. The Phillies own them. But how tough a blow is it for that franchise to not have games this summer, and what does it mean to the community they don't have games this summer? Well, um, based on uh, my coworkers reporting, um, the, the front office of the Reading Phillies has been prepared for this since – Probably April, right? Um, they, you know, because they could see the writing, the handwriting on the wall. Um, it's a very big blow to the community because the the franchise draws so well. Yes, and people, it is a night out, and and not only that, Steve. I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you previously. I did a story on three vendors who have worked at First Energy Stadium for years, and they, one of them. This is all he does. He, he He's a vendor at various stadiums. And they not only talked about missing the the money part of it, but missing seeing people after a year, like that first homestand in April. It's like they said it's like Thanksgiving. You see people you haven't seen yeah. in eight months. They hadn't had that opportunity to do that this year. And and that's that's sad. And it, it it's sad. And, and I know... You know, I don't know what 
the latest is on the state college spikes, but boy, I hope somehow, some way, um, that that franchise continues next year and uh, remains in a, a major league, a minor league affiliate of a major league organization. Uh, you know, minor league baseball is such a fabric of this country. Yes, and is so important to the smaller towns in this country. I don't think the people who are making these decisions at the very top of the food chain realize that. Well, usually, usually in large entities, they don't usually go to the grassroots level to visit to see how it is and how it's being run. You can you can make decisions pretty easy when you're just sitting in off saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I think you've got to... It's one thing Rob Manfred had been better at doing. He'd been a lot better at going to the Little League World Series, mm-hmm. going to the College World Series, to be around it, to to endorse it. I think you've got to be around some minor league teams you know, and just see what it means on a Wednesday night to the fabric of the town or a Friday night when they're going to have a fireworks display. Yeah, it, it, it's so important. I mean, people... This you know it's entertainment for them and I and I, and I understand why this this season was scrapped. I, oh yeah, yeah. I get it, but the, but but my gosh, if te- if if there are if there are towns, there are going to be towns across this country, whatever state, not you know we may, that that they may be in, they're going to lose minor league teams that have been part of their community for 40, 50, 60, 70 years. I know, and it's just it doesn't seem right. And I, I don't have an answer because I, I don't cover um, the Reading Fight and Phils. You know, I cover high school baseball. And, but I know this. I know uh, Reading would not be the same without a double-A minor league affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. Right. And, and they'll continue to be. So, I mean, the, the Reading Fight and yeah. Phils are in no danger. Oh, they're not. At no. all. Zero. I mean, the Phillies own them. Right. Uh, that's a pretty good start to a survival. Um, but this is where, in a sport that is struggling, college football does not struggle to attract 18 to 34 year olds. It's baked in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right. It's baked in. Yes, but, it is. but baseball struggles with 18 to 34 year olds. How do you get the 18 to 34 year old to get interested in it? Well, you get them interested in it between the ages of 8 and 18 when mom and dad or yep. some friends go to the minor league ballpark and you say, this is really cool. Yep. And that's how, that's how my kids learned to love baseball. Like, like you know, we, we live 10 minutes away from the stadium, and we went, you know, I would often take them when my wife worked at night, even when they were 3, 4, 5 years old. And they, they love baseball. And you, you don't want to see these, you don't want to see communities anywhere. Lose, lose minor league ball. I mean, it's just, it, it's heartbreaking, really. Did your kids become Yankee fans? Oh, no. Oh, no. No. Oh, one, I shouldn't say. One of them did. Eric yeah. Eric is a Eric, Phillies Eric is? Okay. Eric's a Phillies fan. Phillies fan. All right. And Packers fans? No. Oh, no. We got, we got, oh, no. Our house, when we were, we had four different teams. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Packers. It was always fun. Sundays must have been a blast there. They, they were. Reds, they were. Reds, uh, Red Zone was created with your family in mind. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, I get a. You know, my wife's the Eagles fan, and she, you know, and I'm. She does not like it if I'm watching a Packers game. I have to go. You know, it down down the basement and watch it on a little TV. Uh, a happy fourth to you and that great family of yours, Rich. Thanks so much, my friend, for the time today. 
Steve, same to you and your family, and I hope to see you soon. I hope so, too, because that would mean we're on the right track. <laughs> that's, that's what that would mean. Plus, uh, Rich is just one of the great guys, class acts out there. Uh, Rich Scarcella with the Redding Eagle. Next half hour, what to do with the nickname in Washington for the football team. Uh, they say they're doing uh, a long look at what to do with the nickname. Cindy Bourne, the Washington Post, has covered the team for many, many years. She's going to join us uh, from uh, the D.C. area in just a few moments. Bottom of the hour, up next news as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome back. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Great deals right now. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. All right. What to do with the nickname of the football team in Washington? Cindy Bourne of the Washington Post has covered the Redskins during the course of her career. Joins us now. It's on cue. We can bring in also Ozzy the Cat. Welcome, Cindy. Great to have you back. It's great to be with you. I did, and um, as if on cue, the minute the phone rang, Ozzy hopped up on my lap, so <laughs> he is here. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Let's uh, start with this. It is ma- amazing what uh, financial pressure can do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cindy, you've been around that scene a long time. Uh, how long has this debate, in your mind, gone on in the area with with either reporters or fans or whatever about the nickname of the team? Well, let's see. I've been here 20 years, um, and I would say I was Redskins editor for the first 10 of those. Um, I would say it really picked up steam probably about uh, 10 years ago. I mean, there, there, there really started to be kind of a buzz about it. Um, you know, you'd see the Redskins playing in – uh, Green Bay, for instance, and, and in some other cities, and there would be some Native Americans protesting. Um, you know, it, it, it was, there was a, a growing buzz about it. 
um, the Post in 2016 conducted a poll of Native Americans, and they said they weren't bothered by the nickname, which honestly, um, I suppose, surprised all of us, uh, you know, that, that that was the way the poll went. And, um, you know, then, of course, Snyder said famously that he would never put it in caps, all capital letters, never change the, the nickname. Um, so, you know, it, it, it honestly kind of died down a little bit when that poll came out. Um, and when he said that, it was kind of moot. I, you know, most fans, to be honest, are would prefer they're more upset about Snyder's ownership. Yes, but, yes, you know, I understand I mean, that. They're more they focus their anger there. I shouldn't say that. Uh, I, I'm not trying to to say that they they don't dislike the nickname for the most part, but you know they're they're really focused on his incompetent leadership. Yeah, I, if he wasn't the owner, would this be getting the the same blowback? And that's kind of that. I know it's an odd question because I'm not crazy about the nickname. I never have been. So, no, no, it's not a good nickname. It hasn't been. No, um, since the since they since they get since they get assigned it to Boston, it hasn't been. So, yeah, since decades before I roamed the earth, you know, (laughs) Um, it it's it's a it's a perfect storm. It's a combination of factors. Um, that's a good and, way. Of, that's a good way of putting this. I like where you're going here with this. And you know, it would he have done it without the financial pressure? Um, I'm not certain. I I think it was pretty clear. Uh, you know, we don't really know the sequence of events yet. We're still kind of trying to figure that out. But it seems pretty clear that after the George Floyd um, shooting, after the protests, you know, after Roger Goodell's statement you know, in response to the Patrick Mahomes uh, video. Right. Um, you know, it, it seemed pretty clear that, that it was time, that the nickname had run its course as far as the NFL was concerned. Now, did, you know, how was that communicated to Snyder? I don't know. But, you know, our story today said that the three uh, minority owners um, who, you know, who have said they want to sell, they own 40% of the team, um, you know, it's because of dealing with Snyder. He's difficult to deal with. Um, so, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the nickname. That was sort of, that was sort of the catalyst, you know? Um, and, and, you know, the FedEx founder is, um, uh, of course the stadium is named. They, you know, paid 200 million for the naming rights. Right. He's, you know, these guys are, are with him at every game. Um, and I'm, I'm not really sure where this ends, but, you know, it's not just the nickname that's kind of under fire right now. It's it's Snyder as well, um, you know, and his ownership. Does he want to move the, the FedEx field? And I've done a game there, and I, to be honest with you, I've not. Of course, the, Go visit, ahead. the you visit, can the, use the word dump. Go oh, ahead. it is it. I don't know. I don't like the place. <laughs> you, you know, you're not alone. Um, it it is a problem. It is one of the big problems and when you look at the nfl 32 franchises they've all got um you know um, except for i guess well you know the raiders are about to have a new glittering new stadium yes everybody has a glitzy place and he's this place is a dump he wants (laughs) i mean i i talk to redskins fans all the time who have over the last 20 years given up their season tickets because you can't it's it's a slog to drive there because you can't yes. take metro. The metro stations, 
a uh, mile and a half from the stadium. Right. It's a slog on the Beltway to get there. It's a slog to get home. Um, and then you get to see your team lose. And consequently, you know, they don't sell out the stadium. Um, and you have people, you know, particularly in the NFC East, you have fans from the Eagles and Giants coming. And it's a home, you know, it's a home game for them. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, exactly. Yeah, he, needs, he needs and wants to be in the district. But, you know, politicians in the district don't want anything. They're not eager to um, hit up the taxpayers for money when they've got that nickname. So, yeah. Well, no, in fact, that's going to be going forward. That's going to be an issue in a lot of places right now with money, yep. money so tight. I mean, you want us to do what? No. Yeah. Uh, because what? Who actually has the RFK Stadium land? Um, it's kind of a city land right now. There's yeah. a a group that has it, um, and you know that's when they pulled down the George Preston yes. um, Marshall state uh, statue what a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, and you know, and at that time, Snyder said, you know, I guess maybe that was sort of the first kind of harbinger that things were, were might might be. Um, undergoing scrutiny, you know, he pulled down, took took Marshall's name off the Ring of Honor at FedEx Field. Um, so, you know, um, I, I'm I'm just not sure where this ends. You know, are, are, is he going to be able to find? You know, are those minority owners going to be able to find buyers for their <laughs> for their um, partnership? You know, I mean, how does that work? I've always felt 40% that of the team. well, I always felt that the minority buyers got in with the idea that maybe they can get him out, and now they're probably feeling um, they can't because um, he won't do it. Well, you know what? You're. I don't think that, now. This is just what I'm wondering. Yes, and, I understand. You know, I, but, but if you are the NFL, say, say you own 32 franchises of burger burger joints. Yep, and one of them. You've got all 31 of them producing at maximum capacity, right. doing the best they can, bringing you money. And the 32nd one is not bringing home the bacon. Right. What do you do? You put the pressure on the 32nd one. Do I know that that, you know, that that's there? No, but I also know that, you know, the NFL is looking at a season when it's not going to make quite as much it's, it's profit isn't going to be quite as obscene as it usually is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that might have, have also helped the NFL say, you know what, it's time to put, put some pressure on here. So now the, the door might be open to a new nickname. And I guess Ron, yeah. Ron Rivera says he's involved with talking with Daniel Snyder about ideas. Okay. So uh, <laughs> he should probably stick to X's and O's, but you know, kudos to him. I mean, it's a new new season, and good luck to him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen so many. You know, how many how many times? And this is part of the problem with Snyder. How many times has a coach come in, and you know, uh, you hear the same thing over and over again, and then it, you know, every coach thinks, oh, it'll be, it'll be different with me, and then you know, Joe Gibbs thought that, Mike Shanahan thought that, you know, I mean, how many times? But Anyway, I digress. Steve Spurrier thought that. All right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> people, yeah, for, did. yeah, people forget he was there too. 
What are if the Washington Post is to put out a, uh, a let's let the fans vote on this? What are some of the possibilities for a nickname? Well, the, sort of a leader in the clubhouse, um, the one that that seems to be being buzzed about the most is Warriors. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, heck, anything is an improvement. Um, you know, I, I I'm partial to swamp things myself. But um, I don't think that stands a chance. Um, or someone else came up with DC Comics, and I thought that was pretty good, too. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I'm, you know, that someone else came up with um, Red Tails, you yes. know, um, in, in reference to the Tuskegee Airmen, which, of course, is a great nickname. Um, you know, a great, it's a great idea. I'm not sure it's, it's a great nickname. But I also think that probably, given the fact that you know, this is now, we're now over a month away from uh, the George Floyd death and, you know, all that that's, that started. I just wonder if they aren't pretty close to, to knowing what they want to name the team. I mean, you would think they would be and that they would be out, you know, getting right. the domain name and getting getting things started. Um, and, you know, every day that passes, that Nike site with uh, the online shopping site with the Redskins paraphernalia is, you know, empty. They're not making any money. Right. And they've said they won't put, they will not, Nike has said it will not sell any Redskins gear. So, you know, time's wasting. Um, they've, right. you know, we're two months out from knock on wood the start of the season. And now here comes the, here comes the question that, again, in the business world, you ask this question, they'd be sitting in the boardroom and it'd say, uh, how much money can we make from new merchandise by having a new exactly. name? So, Cindy, exactly. how much do people around here think they could make from new merchandise? And not only that, but, you know, let's face it, if Nike's not going to make it, some rogue outfit will, from uh, having a deal with somebody to uh, market and merchandise uh, retro stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the next, next question. I mean, you know, um, how do you continue to, uh, you know, to make the stuff that, that is no longer, you know, mm-hmm. like the throwbacks. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not really sure when, you know, what the, the monetary figure will be on the new stuff. And I also wonder, um, I think the problem they're going to have immediately with the new stuff is it's not like the Steelers changing their name. Right. You know, you've got kids there who are big fans who are, who are, you know, young and go to the games. I mean, here, I have friends with, with small kids. They don't want to go to the games. It's not a fun atmosphere, for right. one thing, as we discussed. And two, the, team's, the team doesn't win. Right. So, you know, I, I think the, the problem they have to solve next is getting a winning product on the field. Um, you know, that will bring the fans. I, you know, I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but if you walk around D.C. right now, you will see, well, okay, two months ago, <laughs> whenever yeah, right. we could walk around freely. <laughs> yes. Um, you would see people in Nationals gear yep. all year long. You'd see people in Capitals gear all year long. Yep. You do not see a lot of Redskins gear. And, and I, ne- I never would have thought that 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. 20 years mm-hmm. ago, I would not have thought that. And I, and I know when I've been down in D.C., I see a lot of Wizards gear. And I was last time I was down there was probably yeah. November. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of Wizards gear. Um, but not the, and, but um, there's more Capitals stuff. Yes. Capitals and Nationals. Um, and, you know, people look at what they're going to spend their money on. And it's, you know, it's easier to get to a Caps game. Uh, it's easier to get to a Nats game because they're right in the middle of the city. You yep. can take Metro. Um, you know, it, it, and, and if you drive, heaven forbid you drive to FedEx Field, you're going to pay 30 or 40 bucks right. to park. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, a horrible experience for people, for the consumer and, you know, on many levels and in order to sell the new gear, whatever it is. Oh, sure. You know, for Christmas, yeah, there'll be new gear. And if, you know, if there's a season and they're decent, yeah, you know, I would expect that, you know, that would catch on. And if it's cool, um, you know, they kind of make it look cool. Um, but if, you know, who knows, there might not even be a season at the rate we're going. Sure. Um, how much have they reduced capacity there? Where they put tarps up and cover seats and so forth, they've done that, haven't they? They have, yes. Um, it's called a a party deck. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> um, it was funny uh, a couple of times they did this. Oh gosh, I can't even remember how many years ago. Um, but they've probably taken out, I'd say twenty thousand seats down to you know around seventy maybe thousand. Yeah. Um, and it, it was odd because when um, you know they they did it in secret, of course. And all of a sudden, one day in the in the summer, a couple of years ago, there were these cranes at, at FedEx Field. And, you know, people fly in and out, especially in the summertime on vacation. And they said, what are the cranes doing at FedEx Field? You know, what are the cranes? And they post these pictures. Well, they were, they were knocking out some of the seats. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, they, they tried to paint it as a improving the fan experience, which heaven knows needs to be improved with a party deck, you know, where you can pay, Mm. I don't know how much for beer and, um, you know, pay outrageous amounts for that. And, you know, it was a, they always remember, you'll remember this. They always said that they had the the lengthy waiting list for season tickets. Yes. For years, you had to wait thousands of years. Yes. And, it wasn't true because people, you know, fans would contact us and say, hey, we're being offered the chance to move up, you know, with our, our season ticket plans. So there, how is there a waiting? You know, there, there was just, it just wasn't. And finally they had to admit that it didn't exist. Right. And, um, you know, now, um, you know, now, I guess maybe, you know, maybe people come back with, you know, Chase Young's an exciting player. Um, you know, they had a good draft. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins, you know, maybe people people start to come back. Ron Rivera is a good coach, that's for sure. You know, Mike yeah. Shanahan was a good coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Uh, very true. I would say that the waiting list probably for Redskins games probably ended when they moved from downtown? I mean, because uh, because RFK Stadium only had 50,000 seats. Um, yeah. It, it might have, but when they went to the – I think they started out FedEx with 90,000 seats. Believe me, you can accommodate everybody at 90,000 seats. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they came after, you know, I, I mean, they, they just did so many bad public relations moves. Yeah. I mean, we had a story about a little old lady who had been a 
Redskins fan for, you know, her entire life. And they came after her for her season tickets because she was, I don't know, behind on the payment or something. And, and, you know, I mean, and there were pictures of her in her den with, you know, Redskins stuff from floor to ceiling. And, you know, I mean, they, they, they've shot themselves in the foot every single time they've had a chance to do anything. And, you know, this is yet another kind of reset. And, you know, will they get all of this right? You know, will they get whatever they have to do with the minority owners right? Um, will they do, you know, will Snyder finally wake up? <laughs> um, you know, will they get the team name right? You know, Snyder evidently um, isn't even really here. And he kind of lost the people that he, he kind of talked to, um, for better or worse, like Bruce Allen. You know, he... he has no one really in in his circle he's been out of the country so you know uh, I, i'm just not sure who he's talking to um he's you know the only other owners he has he's are his sister and mother, apart from the three minority owners right and you know i don't think they're terribly involved well we're always glad that Ozzy's involved when uh, we are doing our segments. Uh, it's, it sounds like Ozzy enjoyed the conversation uh, as much as I did. <laughs> Thank you. He uh, he just wandered off to his water bowl, so you know. Well, that's because he knows the segment's <laughs> over. <laughs> Cindy, he does. Cindy, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your perspective and insight. I really appreciate it. Thanks. It's great to be with you guys. Stay cool. Believe me, we're trying. Thanks, Cindy. Cindy Bourne, Washington Post. Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Lincoln, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors and Sunbury Motors Kia. Back tomorrow. Thanks for being with us today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.